Yes, it's me, and yes, I'm back. All right, so I've listened to a couple of my podcasts now. I don't really like listening to them, but anyway, and I just realized how much I say, um, so sorry about that. I don't mean to do it as much as I do. So, anywho, uh, continuing on from the Cultural Revolution, today I'd like to talk about Lin Biao, L-I-N-B-I-A-O, and, um, ah, I just did it, um, damn it, anyway. So, just going to tell you a little bit about him today. So, on April of 1967, the Ninth Party Congress meted, meted, meh, met, uh, and their idea was to uh, revitalize party thinking um, because many of the old guard had been destroyed during this Cultural Revolution. And so, the delegates selected who was going to be on this new Party Congress based on revolutionary committees and not through party members elections and because of this uh, representation of the military increased and so the PLA Marshal Lin Biao becomes a member of this party which opens up a factional divide that happens between the military and civilian leadership now Having said that, he did. Lin Biao had lots of support. So Premier Zhao Enlai, for example, stated at the Ninth Party Congress that, and I quote, uh, "We do not only feel boundless joy because we have had we have as our great leader the Marxist Leninist of our era, Chairman Mao, but also because we have Vice Chairman Lin as Chairman Mao's universally recognized successor." So what happens at this Ninth Party Congress is that Lin Biao becomes the vice chairman and he is named in the constitution as Mao's closest comrade in arms and his successor. So when Lin Biao delivered the keynote address to the Ninth Party Congress, he actually criticized Liu Xiaoqi and others as counter-revolutionaries and quoted a lot from Mao's Little Red Book. So that ensured that Lin was right in there with Mao. So the Ninth Party Congress solidified the central role of Maoism and reintroduced Mao Zedong thought as the official guiding ideology of the party and in the constitution. So while the Ninth Congress stabilized the political situation in Beijing, many of the provinces far flung from Beijing were still unstable and volatile, and there were still factional struggles continuing at the local levels. So having said that, the Ninth Congress marked a temporary victory for the Cultural Revolution, because mainly a lot of the, quote, enemies, unquote, of the state had been punished. Now, just a little side note, uh, especially if you know anything about the purges that happened in the Soviet Union under Stalin, whilst the Cultural Revolution is very similar to this, the interesting thing is, while uh, mainly the people in 
the Soviet Union were killed or sent away to labor camps, never to be seen from again. This is not the case in China. And you will see that many of these people are sent away. They have to do their self-criticisms and they are sent away to labor camps and whatnot, but they do come back. So just letting you know. But having said that, now Lin Biao does have support from the PLA, uh, and that camp. However, there's a radical camp that's led by Jiang Qing, and as we know, she is the wife of Mao, and she doesn't really like Lin. Um, so, from 1966 to 1968, China was very isolated in the world because they had declared both the U.S. and the Soviet Union, or the USSR, as enemies so to speak. So they, there was no love for them. Therefore, China really didn't have many allies in the world. And in March of 1969, there were border clashes between China and the Soviet Union on the Usuri River. And that led to Chinese officials and leaders being evacuated from that area to Beijing in October of 1969. Now, on October 18th of 1969, Lin Biao issued an order to the PLA to prepare for war. And although it looked to be an executive order, Mao wasn't consulted about it. And so Mao saw this as Lin trying to usurp Mao's power and to make himself, himself being Lin, um, the leader of of the uh, of the of the party and of China, so um, the prospect of war did elevate Lin Biao, but it did so at Mao's expense because uh, Mao saw Lin as undermining him by making this declaration without Mao's approval or consultation or anything like that. So this doesn't bode well. Lin was announced as the successor, and once Lin was announced as the successor, all his supporters pushed for uh, the restoration of the title of state chairman, which is also known as the president. So the that uh, title had been abolished by Mao after Liu Shaoqi's purge. And Lin supporters wanted the reinstatement of the position to uh, basically institutionalize Lin's position and make it very, very clear that Lin was a successor to Mao. Um, but they didn't even suggest that Lin Biao take the office as president. What they suggested to, was that Mao assume the office with Lin becoming the vice chairman, but Mao opposed this, so that never got off the ground. On August 1970, the second plenum of the Ninth Congress met in Lushan, and a man by the name of Chen Boda launched an assault um, on another party member who was a strict Maoist by the name of Zhan Chengqiao, which Mao saw as an indirect attack of the Cultural Revolution and of himself. And Chen Boda was not treated well for that. He was denounced as a false Marxist and removed from the Politburo Standing Committee. After his purge of Chen, uh, who was uh, who was 
uh, sorry, who was an ally of Lin Biao. Chen then asks Mao, uh, sorry, all right, let's rewind and start again on that bit. Okay, so, sorry about that. Got myself confused. Start over. Okay, so, Second Plenum, Ninth Congress, Lushan, August 1970. Chen Boda, Lin Biao, ally, launches an assault against Zhang Chunqiao, who is a staunch Maoist. Mao sees this as an indirect attack on the Cultural Revolution, denounces Chen as a false Marxist, and removes him from the Politburo Standing Committee. After he does this, Mao then asks Lin Biao's principal generals to write self-criticisms of their political positions, which is a warning to Lin that he needs to get his allies intact and in control because Mao is seeing Lin as a bit of a threat at the moment. Uh, Mao also instructed uh, several supporters of himself to become part of the Central Military Commission, and he placed people who were loyal to him into leadership roles at the Beijing Military Academy. So all of a sudden, when Lin Biao was the leader of the PLA and therefore had the support of the army, and as we all know, all dictators need the support of the army in order to really do their thing. And so Mao is starting to get his own people into those areas to reduce any threat that Lin Biao might have. There is going to be, because of this, a rift between the military and the civilian wings of the leadership within the Communist Party. So Mao was troubled by the prominence of the PLA and the purge of Chen Boda marks the beginning of a gradual scaling down of the People's Liberation Army in the political movement. So sensing a reduction of Lin's power base and the fact that Lin Biao has declining health at this moment, his supporters plot a coup against Mao. Now, Lin Li Zhu, or Tiger as he's known, uh, who's Lin Biao's son and others, uh, create a plan called Outline for Project 571. And they do this in 1971. And there's a dispute by scholars as to how much Lin Biao was involved or if Lin Biao was involved altogether. Um, now, official Chinese sources maintain that Lin Biao planned and executed the alleged coup attempt, but there are other scholars who have looked at it, who claimed that Lin Biao's son was actually the one who drafted the coup and Lin Biao actually didn't know about it. Now, this outline allegedly consisted of plans for aerial bombardments of different uh, sources, uh, places, using the Air Force. If the plan succeeded, Lin would arrest his rivals and assume power. Now, the alleged assassination attempts were made against Mao from September 8th to the 10th in Shanghai, and that included a report that Lin planned to bomb a bridge that Mao was to cross in order to get back from Shanghai to Beijing. Mao, of course, avoided the bridge after this. In an official report 
On September 13, 1971, Lin Biao, along with his wife, son, and members of his staff, whilst attempting to flee to the Soviet Union to seek asylum, crashed in a plane in Mongolia with all aboard killed. Uh, a Soviet team was sent to investigate the accident, but couldn't find the cause of the crash or anything like that. Their hypothesis is that the pilot was flying low in order to avoid radar, but misjudged the altitude and hence the plane crashed. Now in your book, it actually talks about how the plane ran out of fuel. So again, conflicting sources on what exactly happened to the plane. Now, many foreign scholars questioned the official account of what happened. And some of their questions include things like why Lin Biao chose the Soviet Union as a destination. Uh, what was the plane's route? Are we sure about the identity of the passengers? And even was a coup really taking place? Now, on September 13th, the Politburo met to kind of decide what to do about the situation. And only on September 30th, so you're looking at, you know, 17 days later, that Lin Biao's death was officially confirmed in Beijing. Now, news of his death wasn't released to the public until two months following the incident. And many of Lin's supporters, once this happened, sought refuge in Hong Kong, and many of them were able to get that. Those who remained on the mainland were purged and sent to labor camps. Now, this whole incident catches the leadership completely by surprise as, you know, this is the man who in the constitution is named as Mao's successor. And so how could that man betray Mao and delegitimize a vast body of the rhetoric, the political rhetoric that had come out of the, the cultural revolution? And they struggled, the party, the Communist Party struggled to find a correct way to frame the incidents for the public. Now, as in your book, you will see that, you know, there, there was a lot that people, the public didn't know. They weren't 100% sure what had happened. And the fact that he was starting, Lin Biao was starting to be kind of spoken badly against in speeches and he wasn't at any of the rallies the public was kind of thinking yeah okay something's going on here by 1972 Lin Biao was constantly being referred to as a swindler of the Lu Xiaoqi type so they start to plant it in the people's minds that he's just as bad as his successor uh sorry not his successor his former, the one he succeeded, uh, Liu Xiaoqi. Uh, Zhao Enlai made direct references during speeches to a renegade and a traitor within the Communist Party. And he was finally named in August of 1973 at the 10th Party Congress. Although by the time that had happened, most of the public had kind of guessed that it was Lin Biao. Now, 
again, like I said, they were absolutely shocked that, you know, how could somebody so close to Mal be such a backstabber? And a lot of the public actually thought, hang on a second, <laughs> this is too much. I think Mal's gone too far with his propaganda at this point. And as in your book, it says, according to one peasant, quote, I had felt faithful to Mao, but that Lin Biao stuff affected my thinking, and unquote. And a young student sent down to the countryside recalled, when Liu Shaoqi was dragged down, we'd been very supportive. But the Lin Biao affair provided us with a major lesson. We came to see that the leaders up there could say that something is round and tomorrow that it's flat. We lost faith in the system. So you can imagine how much questioning comes about because of this as we see the person who was supposed to be the successor, the person who was supposed to be the one to take over after Mao, so loyal and everything like that. If he could create a coup like this, what's going on in the party? And so it's not like people open their eyes and there's a huge revolution and there's democracy, obviously, but they do start to kind of question Mao a little bit more. And that is the story of Lin Biao. I hope you enjoyed it. Hope everything's going well. And that if you have any questions, please feel free to email me and I will uh, talk at you or talk to you sometime soon. Bye.